Hello and welcome to Are We There Yet? The podcast looking at the innovations emerging from the workshops, labs and secret test tracks of Hyundai. Across this series, we've heard about technology that is changing our world. Getting behind the cutting edge tech to meet the designers, scientists and engineers making crucial decisions about the future of mobility. I'm Susie Perry, and this podcast comes to you from Hyundai Motor. Today is going to be electric. Let me put an image into your mind. Imagine you're working from home today. You glance out of the window and see your car. It's being charged by the overcapacity from solar panels on a nearby school. Later that night, together with other cars on your street, it might help power the lights and sound for a concert in the local park. This is what vehicle-to-grid technology can bring. With me to explore this are two people at the forefront of the design and use of vehicle-to-grid. Yukihiro Maeda is head of Crosscar Line at Hyundai Motor Europe, and Daniele Vaca is expert charging performance interoperability at Hyundai Motor Europe Technical Centre. Welcome, both of you, to the show. Thank you so much for joining me. Hello, Susie. Thank you. Nice to meet you. <laughs> On the podcast, we've explored some of the potential of EVs, but this topic is exciting because vehicle-to-grid is a whole new answer to the question, what can a car do for you? So tell us, Daniele, about the technology here. What is vehicle-to-grid charging and what are the benefits? Vehicle-to-grid is a technology. It's a new charging technology that enables the energy that it's already stored in the battery pack of the electric car to be pushed back into the electrical network, also known as grid. With vehicle-to-grid, the energy stored in the battery can assist the grid, the network, to be stabilized, especially during the peak moment of the day when the energy request is quite high and the grid itself alone could not support as best the request. So going even beyond this, I mentioned at the beginning the idea that your car might be helping to power your house or a local concert, something like that. There are so many concepts based on the capability of the car to provide energy. Can you tell us a little bit more about it, Hero? There are multiple concepts out there. But of course, by having this car ready to give that energy, you can also supply uh, houses or, or buildings or any kind of venue that needs energy, right? If you connect your car to your house and you have a home energy system that runs the solar panels, etc., you can use that car as being part of it, as a storage to store your energy that you generated through your solar panels. I suppose one of the benefits of that would be a reduced household energy bill, wouldn't it? That's correct, yeah. That's the main benefit for the owner of the household. So you can enjoy using your own energy generated through your solar panels. That means, of course, as a consequence, you don't need any kind of supply from the grid. Hence, you don't pay for that energy anymore. Or, of course, there are even more revenue streams possible in the future that we're looking at, that if you even give it back to the grid, that there may be some kind of revenue coming back to, to the customer. And, of course, if you have the storage in place and you offer this to the grid, it can also help the grid operators to balance out the grid by taking the energy out of the grid when it's not needed and store it for a time when it's needed again later. So that gives the grid operator the opportunity to really control and also calculate how much he needs to produce or he needs to distribute to the household. And the customer, again, becomes a part of the whole value chain too. 
Why is it important for Hyundai to invest in vehicle-to-grid technology and I suppose to, to lead the way, really, Hero? As an automotive company, we have been using cars to give mobility to customers. And I think it's kind of transforming the whole industry, not only because of the digitalization. We are looking to achieve carbon neutrality by 2045. And one of the ways to reach that target is to develop even more cleaner energy solutions. And that, of course, includes technologies such as vehicle-to-grid technology as the enabler for much more use cases in the future. Daniele, can we dive into a bit of detail here? It really starts with the battery of the vehicle. So can you talk me through how this connects to the wider power system? The first part for the explanation to understand the process, you have to focus on the vehicle. So in the vehicle, there is a battery and there is also an important component that in our EGMP platform is delivered. That is the onboard charger, bi-directional onboard charger. This means that the energy that the car has in the battery can flow from the network to the battery to charge the vehicle, but also from the battery back to the network to feed the grid and balance during peak request. Then you have to focus on how you connect the vehicle to the grid. The role of this connection is delivered to the wall box, so the charger that you install at home or wherever you activate this functionality. These wall box are also bi-directional wall box. Therefore, this kind of device can trigger the energy flow from the grid to the car and backwards. And the final part is the network. In the network, there is a kind of vehicle-to-grid operator, so service operator, that monitor the full flow of energy inside the grid and understand where are the energy source that can be power plant or vehicle or whatever, and coordinate the management of the energy between these partners. Once you synchronize all of these three parts with a standard communication protocol, then you create a system that can work all together. And the energy can flow from the network to the car to charge the car or backwards. And I suppose that the key point is the timings here. Yes, the timing and also the energy balance. So there are quite sophisticated algorithms that estimate the power consumption for different households according also when you want to have your car fully functional and charged to maybe leave in the morning and so on. Okay, and thinking about costs then, Hero, this actually changes the cost of an, an EV as well. You're making efficiency savings within your house and providing energy to the grid too. So how much of a difference can that make? That's a very interesting question. I think that that's where everyone is looking at right now. But we, we believed strongly that there is a future case, thanks to also the size of the battery we are providing with the car. Because if you look at today's households, which have a home energy system in place, let's say through a solar panel, they often have storage also in place, which is maybe 6 to you know, 8, 10 kilowatt hour. But if you connect your car to your house, you have a much bigger storage available because we are talking about 60 plus kilowatt hour and you are not the only one in your neighborhood doing this or in the street. We can imagine how much energy would then be stored around the neighborhood because if you look at the consumption that you need per day, I think we're talking about four, five, six kilowatt hour per day, if not even less, depending on your household size, let's say. Then you can imagine for how many days you could actually deliver enough energy to a household that runs through the car battery. 
Yeah, I, I suppose as a consumer, you know, we're all interested in costs and saving as as well as using clean energy as possible. So you're saying if you're a homeowner and you already have panels on your rooftop, you can store the energy produced during the day in your car. Right. So you have to have the device, of course, that enables this two-way charging. Yeah. But if you have this in place, you can also steer it, like how much you want to store and how much you want to give away, either to your own household or basically to the grid. But this is what everything makes it interesting, that the car is not only anymore a device that takes the energy out of the grid, but now is really part of the whole supply chain to everyone. Yeah, I suppose it's thinking of your EV in a, in a completely different way as well and, and being a bit more open to it just being the vehicle. And it kind of makes you think differently about the grid as well, um, this whole system in terms of giving back on an individual basis and, and, and being able to use and take differently to how we think of it now. Well, absolutely. I mean, of course, now I was talking about the revenue that comes back to the owner, right? This is very important. But on the other hand, we're talking about the positive impact to the climate change decarbonization of the power systems through renewable sources that maybe is even on your own household roof. Yeah, so it's accelerated the decarbonization of the power system and less dependence on fossil fuels. And you mentioned the city. I'm just wondering, looking ahead, how might a city be transformed by this. Um, Daniela, could you paint a vision for us of the future that could happen, that hopefully will happen? I'm a dreamer, so I, <laughs> I hope there will be a... <laughs> Dream away. I hope that there will be a really big change. If you think that the potential that this technology, together also with the V2L technology, we are offering, so in the future, the city can be harmonized. Every person, every household using solar panel and photovoltaic and every kind of, let's say, renewable source that can be installed in every household can be a small energy producer using this kind of uh, algorithm that can monitor the energy production and the energy demand and also create also awareness in the people that you don't need always to have the fully car charge, the full battery charge in every seconds of the day, the system will be able to access the different energy source and synchronize. In this way, the overall energy demand localized will decrease and there will be a kind of distributed production and distributed utilization. The energy that is produced by your home will be used then to power maybe a school light or let's say a cinema and so on. The potential or the idea behind are limitless. Hero, do you have anything to add to the to the vision of the future there? I think it was perfectly explained by Daniela. I think what's important here is really that become part of a society or a chain that we have not been part of yet. And we give the opportunity to customers to join such kind of a group or a community as a kind of a yeah key stakeholder to store the energy. I would like to see a city also gives to everyone the opportunity to have such a connection to the grid it shouldn't be just reserved to private households like that, but also to public charging, etc. So you, you, you as a, someone living in an apartment can also be enjoying the same technology. Can we talk about how Hyundai vehicles are able to do this? 
going to talk about eGMP, which is Electric Global Modular Platform, the new platform from Hyundai. We've discussed it on the podcast here before, but it's the first dedicated battery electric vehicle platform from Hyundai. And crucially, it has important technology already in place. So are all vehicles with this platform ready for vehicle to grid V2G Hero? Do you want to start with this? Yeah, very excited about the eGMP platform. We launched it with our Ionic 5, and it has indeed the technology already on board that enables V2G technology thanks to its bidirectional onboard charger. This gives the opportunity to give energy back to the grid. But I leave the technical explanation, I leave that to Daniele. Go ahead, Daniele. <laughs> Thank you. I have to say that the overview provided from Miro is already quite complete. Anyhow, the core hardware parts that enable the two new charging technologies that we discussed before, the vehicle-to-load and vehicle-to-grid mainly, um, are one, the onboard bidirectional charger, and the second one is the new charging controller. Important of this last one is the capability to exchange communication of energy request and demand with the charger and in the end with the grid. In terms of power delivery, we have for the vehicle 2L a max power will available for 230 volt devices like laptop, coffee machine, etc. of 3.6 kilowatt. Regarding vehicle to grid, well, <laughs> that is still ongoing definition process and we are really working hard to define it. We'll come back to see this technology in use in a moment, but I first want to find out a little bit more about you both personally, if you don't mind. Your main passion, Hero, do you want to start with this? Is it is it the cars? Is it the technology? Is it the idea of clean energy? Just give me a little bit of history on, on where the passion comes from. I think it's a combination and probably all of it. I love cars. I've been in the industry for a long time already. I've been working on different projects on cars directly. I started working on this charging topic, let's say, quite some years. And I, I, I see these discussions ongoing and the speed of the development and how fast we can put something on the road. And it's just fascinating to see how much we can do as a group. And I'm very excited to be part of this team because I, I, I truly believe that this technology will change our everyday lives in the future. And what about you, Daniele? What's your background with this and, and where has your drive come from? I'm passionate about travel and outdoor activities. So first of all, this is my my first two passions. <laughs> and I have to say that since I started to work specifically in EV, in the charging technologies, and with this latest development like vehicle to grid, uh, vehicle to L, create a new purpose for me also for the vehicle. So till now, if you think the car was a way of transportation, a way to have fun on the road, a way to compete, but now the car can be also much more can be a way to be part of the bigger puzzle that it's basically to, let's say, improve the future for our society, for our children, for everyone. It feels like a big movement, something very different is on our doorstep here, that you are working in an incredibly collaborative way together. So how do you enjoy working together? I mean, how does it work? Like every beautiful thing, I believe that this starts by chance. <laughs> because We just connect with Iro and from there we started to discuss and to understand how to get on a common ground of understanding to communicate also in an efficient way with our partner here in Europe and also to synchronize with Korea. 
And then for me, it was really, 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 really a nice journey. Well, you're both smiling, so it must be... <laughs> be going quite well which is good I know if you're listening to this uh, you can probably hear the smiles as it were um, when both our guests are talking let's talk about a project then where this technology is already in use in Utrecht in the Netherlands it sounds so exciting can you tell us a little bit about this project when it started how it's going Hero? It's a project that we're very proud of being a part of it it's a V2G pilot project and we are part of it with other stakeholders And it's a new housing development project within Utrecht in the Netherlands, where we participate within the program, which is about a residential car sharing service. And we are putting there 25 Ionic 5 vehicles into that development project, which then should be being used by the future owners of the apartments. And is there any plans for the future for this project or, or does it have limited mileage, as it were? Yeah, that, that, that's a very good question, Susie. Yeah, that, that's something we, we are looking at, of course. But at this point, those 25 Ionic 5s that we are providing to these projects are all prototypes. They have been modified one by one to be capable of the V2G function for this project specifically. So at this point, there is no plan to roll this out to the mass production of the Ionic 5. And with something like this, are you physically there? Do you go there to set the project up? And, and what was the feeling like from the residents that were going to be involved with this? In April, there was a kickoff event in Utrecht. It was a very nice event. And we basically explained the whole technology and the idea behind it. And together on stage also was the project management of the whole housing development. And so we teamed up with all the stakeholders and explained really what this kind of technology would bring to the people living there in the future. And it was a very positive mood and the atmosphere was very motivated, let's say, to understand even more and ask many questions. And people are really happy to have this project and looking forward to it. And I hope we can learn from it. And how long does it take to know whether this project has been successful or not in terms of time scale? How, how long do you think you will need? That is a development project. So I think we should take all the time we need to learn. And I think the longer it goes, the more use cases we, we will identify. And, and I'm excited to go there from time to time to talk to the people, have a chat and understand what's their feeling about it. Have they maybe other ideas, improvement points that we can pass on to the development team. Any other thoughts on this, Daniele? The event itself was amazing. Everyone was quite excited of our proposal and uh, they are really looking forward to start to, to use efficiently. Me, from the technical side, I'm really interested to what comes next, which will be the data that we can take from this project and based on that, what we can use also for create a kind of a customer proposal. That would be super nice. One of the other points that I believe that was brilliant at the event is that all the event was powered from the old vehicles, so the old 25 vehicles were there, and basically they were used to power all the utilities, lights, uh, audio, video, there was a lounge where there were the interview, and all were powered by Vehicle 2L, the other functionality that at the moment is in every mass production vehicle, the Vehicle 2L. That was really exciting. So how, how important is this step moving forward for Utrecht, would you say, being the first city? I think it gives us the opportunity to look into this technology, not only from our side, using our vehicle and our technology, the software behind it, but really to see how this will be impacting 
real house owners. For us, this is a very, very important step to understand the outcome of what we're doing into the real world. So we clearly will uh, monitor this very closely. And Daniele, th this podcast is called Are We There Yet? With Vehicle to Grid, how do you see it from Hyundai's perspective? Um, yes, a good question. So we are there yet? Mm, yes, from the vehicle side. So from the vehicle side, we already delivered with the EGMP platform the bidirectional onboard charger capable to exchange energy. Yes, we are there with the protocol of communication. So the standard that has to be used from the vehicle, from the wall box, and also from the vehicle-to-grid operator to exchange command of charging and discharging to request and provide the energy to the car and from the car. What we are ongoing and we have all our commitment is to define a suitable business model, interesting for our customer that can provide a really advantage for their life and then that push them to be the first one that also requests this functionality. Because as you know, it's not successful when you impose something from the top to down, but it's much better when from down come the request and you are in the position to satisfy that request. And Hira, do you have anything to add in terms of are we there yet? No, as, as usual, again, Daniela made it very perfectly. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, like he said, he said, probably we are on our path to get there. We are not there yet, let's say, finally, but I think we are on a good path to reach it. And we, we bring our part to the table and we'll have to continue discussing with, with the other partners and stakeholders. I think one thing that comes over in this podcast is the energy that you bring, the human energy, the personal energy that you bring to the table with this idea. And there's one final question, really. Is that what powers you through this and, and through the days where it doesn't go according to plan and you, people don't pick up the phone or they don't quite understand what you're saying? Is it, is it personal energy? Yes, yes, for sure. It's, uh, let's say, the passion helps. In, in the days. And uh, I would say that we saw together with Hero some of them. <laughs> But anyhow, we are super excited and committed to, let's say, work on this topic and make it, let's say, a thing, a concrete thing. So we are quite emotionally connected and uh, we are on the journey to, to make this concrete. Yeah. <laughs> Yukihiro Maeda and Daniele Vackett, thank you so much for talking to me today. It really has been a pleasure. It's such a brilliant, brilliant idea. And I really hope that, you know, very soon we'll all be doing it all over the world. Thank you very much. Thank you, Susie. It's a pleasure talking to you. If you're excited by cutting edge technology, electric vehicles, sustainability and the projects Hyundai are leading, you can find out more at Hyundai.com. And make sure you follow or subscribe to the Are We There Yet podcast from your usual podcast providers. It means, of course, that you will never miss an episode. Thank you so much for listening. Goodbye. Goodbye.